We know that both trauma and pain are reasons that we turn to addiction and maladaptive coping strategies. We can talk about our kids and our family members, our loved ones being in pain, and that's what led them to use, that's what has led them to play video games, uh, to act out. But the guest I have today, Dr. Davis, and he's with Sierra Tucson, who, if you don't know, is one of the the big. They're they're they're, the, they're one of the top big players in the industry in recovery. Uh, an incredible program. I've had many guests from Sierra Tucson on over the years of Beyond Risk and Back. So we're going to hear from Dr. Bennett Davis. He's the director of the Pain Recovery Program, and we're going to talk about how trauma causes pain. And as a, as a parent, as a loved one of someone who's suffering and struggling, you have to know that that thing that happened to them is literally causing physical pain. Not just the emotional pain or the mental pain, but physical pain in the body. So let's get on with this. Uh, welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm your host, Aaron Huey. This is the CCSAD, the Cape Cod Symposium. This is C4's virtual 2020 online conference event. And my guest today is Dr. Bennett Davis from Sierra Tucson. Dr. Davis, thank you so much for being here on Beyond Risk and Back. As I said in the intro, really, really happy to have someone, anyone from Sierra Tucson at any time. You guys are, you guys are the real deal out there. And uh, I love being affiliated with you guys. And, uh, and I've toured your facility, amazing, gorgeous campus. So thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Uh, let's talk about how you got in, because as I'm, I'm looking and as what you said, you're an MD, you're a medical doctor. How did you make the transition from medicine? You said you were an orthopedic, you were an anesthesiologist. What are you doing in, uh, addiction and mental health treatment now? How did you end up from there to here? That's a great way to ask it. So uh, when, as you mentioned, I started my career uh, wanting to be an orthopedic surgeon. I have a bad back, so I know a little bit about pain. And I transitioned to doing more sports medicine, non-operative sort of thing. So you, I sort of made that lateral step into treating chronic pain. As time went on, I got more and more interested in treating chronic pain conditions. And I was fortunate enough in my fellowship training in England and in my um, career here in the United States to work in a multidisciplinary environment. Um, when I came to work at, at uh, University of Arizona in Tucson, we had psychology, we had behavioral health uh, working with us and alternative medicine as well. They had a good, strong alternative medicine program there. So we had a real multidisciplinary team approach. So we probably noticed things that we wouldn't have noticed if we just had focused on the physical, my back hurts, my knee hurts, I have headaches, what is wrong with the tissue? That's the thinking, you know, that's what we're taught. We're taught to hear right. someone say they have pain, say we work backwards with our history, our physical, our MRIs, our lab tests to find out what the broken part is. Right. Well, working with behavioral health people, I was able to see that um, perhaps the broken part isn't in the tissue, perhaps it's in the nervous system. And when the opioid crisis was really kicking in, you know, 2008, 2010, things like that, we were seeing a lot of patients on high doses of opioid prescribed for pain by other doctors, usually, and they'd, they'd come to us. Well, our behavioral health people were parsing out what was going on, and lo and behold, almost all of them had a really high exposure 
to some sort of trauma, either developmental as youngsters or as an adult. That's really what kicked it in. So now, now I'm thinking, wow, three out of four, two out of three, whatever it is of my chronic pain patients are really dealing with the root issue of trauma. And that's what's causing their pain. That's why they're asking for treatment for pain. So let's yeah, let's let's kind of draw the 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 golden thread from the the trauma to the actual my back hurts, my arm hurts, my stomach. That's one we hear a lot from from kids in the facility. My stomach hurts. How is this thing that happened to the mind or to the body years ago um, causing physical pain today? I'm assuming because you're an MD that we're going a little beyond. Uh, for lack of a better term, the the woo-woo. You know, I, I started my facility in Boulder, Colorado. So the idea that trauma can cause pain is something we've entertained since day one. But what I'm wondering from you, a medical doctor who has studied this body, and now that you're in the recovery field, how does this thing that happened, the, the mental abuse I suffered as a kid, the, the physical abuse that I, that I suffered as a kid, the abandonment, the assault, uh, uh, how is that making my stomach hurt now? And my stomach really hurts, right? That's what we hear from the kids. It's not a, it's not psychosomatic. There's actual well, I, physical pain going on. Right. Well, the, um, the, the connection is best explained by understanding what nerve pain is, how, how the nervous system can, can actually tell a pain story to the brain when there's nothing wrong with the tissues themselves. I didn't mention this, but part of my experience has been working with basic science, neuroscience researchers at the University of Arizona, where they have one of the best of these sorts of programs around, who are studying nerve pain. What happens when someone has an amputation? Why do they have phantom limb pain? When diabetics have diabetic neuropathy and they feel like they're walking on hot rocks, but there's no hot rocks. When, uh, when, a, when nerves are damaged and the nervous system starts to misunderstand the environment, starts to send pain signals to the brain when there's nothing really going on. And my best example is to, to give you is phantom limb pain. So if you think about it, we understand pain as pressure, injury, inflammation to a tissue that sends a signal through the nervous system to the brain. But that doesn't, that doesn't adequately explain phantom limb pain. Someone doesn't have a leg and yet the foot hurts. Well, it's not coming from the foot. The treatment is not to x-ray the foot because there's no foot. There, we can't examine the foot because there's no foot. So when I ask people frequently, where do they think that pain's coming from? They'll point to the head. Hmm, that's not quite right. The nervous system, the spinal cord and, and the brain working together are sending pain signals to the brain pain circuits. If you think about it, we have circuits in our brain, two of them actually, that register pain. And those circuits are being activated and telling the, the, in particular, the circuits that are wired, to, were wired to the feet are being activated and the person is experiencing foot pain. If you did a, a functional MRI and you scan their head, the brain pain circuits for the feet would be firing. So they're having real pain and it's registering to the foot. It's coming from within the nervous system. So the point here, the, 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 the transition as you're talking about, is related to changes in the nervous system that occur because of physical injury. So our nervous system is built to try to regenerate, try to grow the leg back, try to reconnect with the lost foot. That process 
kind of goes awry in many cases and will lead the nervous system to send pain signals from a foot that isn't there, pain signals regarding foot pain to the brain. So it's coming from in the nervous system. Think of it this way. Mind-body doesn't adequately explain it. The hyphen between the mind and the body is the nervous system. Body reports pain through the nervous system to the mind. Well, in this case, imagine, mentally imagine body, nervous system, mind, erase the body, it's nervous system mind. The nervous system is reporting pain spontaneously to the brain. Well, we realized that traumatic events and defining those as, as events that are threatening, which we can't master at the time, traumatic events have a profound effect on our nervous system. We're designed to sort of rewire, redesign ourselves, reorganize our nervous systems if we face a threat that we can't master so that next time we can master it. We actually actually do a do a do-over, a makeover of our nervous system. That process is similar to what happens with nerve injury. With nerve injury, the nervous system can get to the point where it makes up a pain signal and sends it to the brain with trauma. The nervous system, as it's reorganizing itself, changes the way it handles sensory information. Without geeking out too much on the science of it, it changes the way it handles light, touch, heat, cold, pressure. Um, and it can make up signals about pain with nothing at all going on in the tissue right. and send them to the brain. That's what fibromyalgia is. People feel like their skin's on fire. Well, it's not on fire. And biopsies show there's nothing going on in the tissue. It is the nervous system that has changed in response to the threatening event that we couldn't master. Can you do anything about this? Is that aside from medicating and blocking, you said there were two parts of the brains, two circuits that register pain. Aside from using drugs, medications to block those circuits. Can you retrain a person who's feeling, going back to the phantom limb, who's feeling phantom limb pain to say it's not there? Can they mind over matter? Can they use their mind to overrule what's going on in the nervous system? Who's in charge? The, the, the science says yes. So it, it's not, and it's not a mind over matter trick. So again, taking the, the more concrete example of, of phantom limb pain, there is a therapy where, called mirror therapy where one takes a mirror, sets it down next to their good foot, moves the good foot, and you see the reflection of what would look like the missing leg moving. So it looks like you've, I've seen these types of videos on YouTube where they put the mirror yeah. up and then uh, behind the mirror chop a fake hand or something like that and people freak out. Yeah. 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 That, 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 except let's not chop the hand. <laughs> it's it's actually the opposite of what you're saying. You you look at normal movement. You moved your left. If you're missing your right foot, you move your left foot, and it in the mirror there's a reflection of your left foot that looks to your brain like your right. Simply seeing right. the missing foot moving tricks the brain. Not mind over matter. It tricks the brain to literally rewire its, itself in a way that reverses the pain the pain syndrome that the person's feeling. It eliminates that spontaneous reporting of pain. It wires back to normal. Oh, I have a foot. Okay, I don't have to send these bogus signals about the foot hurting anymore. Trauma therapy is, is um, kind of analogous to that, kind of similar to that. You practice, the, the person practices safety, practices and then you know, kind of tells the part of the brain that responds to threat, you're not under threat anymore. It's not mind over matter. It's actually rewiring, reorganizing, as we would call it in neurosciences, reorganizing the nervous system. Now, our, our brain, people don't think about this, but we're not born 
able to walk, able to speak. We have to learn that stuff. Right. That is actually a rewiring of our brain. We do that our whole lives, not just during every memory that people have. If anyone remembers anything about our, our discussion today, that is actually a rewiring of their brain. They've actually put together some new circuits so they can remember what Dr. Davis and, and you said today. Um, that's a physical, functional change in the brain. We do it all day long. That's, our brains actually are our memories. We don't store memories. The brain is our memory. We're taking advantage of that process when we're treating trauma. We're reversing the changes in the nervous system that trauma caused and taking it back to a peace-adapted nervous system instead of a threat-adapted nervous system. And I, and I want to say something to people out there listening that this response I'm talking about to trauma has been called PTSD, uh, and the D stands for disorder. To me, that, that annoys me. It's not a disorder. It is a normal adaptive response to rewire our nervous system to protect us, to be more vigilant, to sleep less, um, that sort of thing. That, that, to me, is an adaptive response. It should be post-traumatic stress adaptation, really, if we did it correctly, if we, if we thought about what's going on. When people are exposed to very traumatic events, we adapt in order to survive. It's a, there's a survival advantage to, to handling the world differently, and the pain system is recruited into that, unfortunately. If you think about it, what better way to get people moving than to trigger the pain circuits? That gets you moving. <laughs> that gets your attention. Doctor, hang on just for a second. I need to do a quick call out to the platinum sponsors for the CCSAD thing. And I, I got a follow up question that I want to talk to about on a personal experience. So, hey, it's a, you're going to be like the doctor at the party. And I found out you're a doctor and be like, so I have this back pain and you're going to have to try to explain it to me. <laughs> so hang on just a second, if you would. Hey, we have this online virtual 2020 conference here and for all of us who have been coming to these mental health and addiction recovery conferences being able to see speakers like my guest dr davis from sierra tucson uh on stage talk and be able to ask these questions back and forth like this is gold this is continuing education for us and c4 events have been putting on these these uh conferences for a long time ccsad the cape cod uh, uh, symposium. I was I was at the conference in Cape Cod last year. I got to meet many of you who are listening and uh, watching these episodes personally as I was in the fishbowl with my podcast booth. But what is really important is that there are organizations, there are people who have put a lot of time and a lot of money into making sure that despite what we are going through with COVID-19 and social distancing, that these types of events can still happen. And I want to talk about the platinum sponsors for this CCSAD virtual conference here in 2020. High Watch Recovery Center, Mountainside, and The Guest House. These three organizations have put the most time and the most money into making sure that C4 events, an incredible company that does incredible work, can, can make this happen. We can still get our education. And quite frankly, I can have guests like the people I've been interviewing and my listeners can hear from the best of the best. So special platinum thanks to High Watch Recovery Center, Mountainside, and The Guest House. All right, let's get right back to our show. Okay, Doc, 
I had come home from Malaysia and I have, you know, I've been working in the mental health industry a long time. I had, uh, you know, we were running a facility and I was doing a lecture in Malaysia. I came home and on the way home, I got a call from a man named Albert who I had never met in my life. And it turns out he was my biological uncle. And he said, I just want you to know your father died. He died from lifelong complications of alcoholism and you uh, you had written him an email. He had printed it out and we found it in his desk drawer and that's how we all know you're alive. But I just want you to know he died about two months ago. I was, thank you. I'm, I don't know how to quite take this right now. I've just been on a 12-hour flight. I need a little bit of time. I'll call you back. Doc, Dr. Davis, the next morning I woke up and I could not move. My back... And I've, and I've had, like you, I've had, I've had back problems. I've had a few years ago, I had a microdiscectomy uh, between L4 and L5. Um, so, so I, I, I get lifelong back problems and stuff like that, but I could not move. I was uh, hobbled to the car and got in from a chiropractor. And he said, my entire lower back looks like each bone had been twisted to a different point on the clock. And as I was leaving, I told him the situation and he goes, well, it's, it makes sense that your back went out. You know, the lower back is your support system. And I doubt your dad ever supported you. And it hit me like a hammer. Is that what we're talking about? Is it that fast? Is this a lifelong thing? Was I'm dealing with something else? Was that psychosomatic? Like, I mean, I couldn't walk and I felt like I could not carry my upper body. Was that because I didn't have a father and that was part of my trauma? Is it that simple or is it more complicated than what I'm saying? It's a, it's a more complicated. Okay. The, we don't know the, the time course uh, exactly where that traumatic experiences will actually create these changes in our nervous system. We think it's a matter of weeks, actually. Weeks, so okay. plenty of people who were in traumatic events and their chronic pain started two weeks later, week later, month later, kind of kicked in. That's also what we see with phantom limb pain. It doesn't start right away. Uh, the nervous system is doing its thing, trying to reconnect, reorganize itself. It takes a little bit of time. So, you know, likely that story, what you're talking about, um, was um, more related to... Um, Sitting on an airplane for 12 hours. Sitting on an airplane and hearing some news that is just, you know, <laughs> kind of rocks your world, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, that, that, um, that, that's... A, another sort of parallel system of changes. What I'm talking about uh, when I was relating the story about trauma and, and kind of making an analogy of phantom limb pain there, what I'm talking about is a, a, a actual reorganization of the nervous system. It takes a little time to get it going, like it takes a little bit of time to learn a golf swing or something like that. And undoing it, as I said, that's a key message. I'm glad you asked me. Undoing those changes is possible. Trauma therapy works. Um, and there are actually six now that I know of really good randomized controlled prospective trials of specific trauma therapy, one called EMDR, that for people who have had trauma and have chronic pain, that it treats the chronic pain. So it's not just treating the trauma. It's, right. it's been shown to be effective in treating trauma. It also treats the physical Incredible. consequences of the of the trauma so trauma therapy is pain therapy for a lot of folks emdr is something i i have an episode called you know is is it the magic bullet for trauma but i have a i have another question about this 
Is is there a chicken and an egg thing that, that starts to happen? And, and perhaps you can tell us which one came first. I have a traumatic experience. My body goes into pain and therefore I, I end up getting prescribed opioids and now I'm addicted to opioids and I'm four steps away from that actual trauma thing. And we know as we get off the opioids, the pain comes back. And then underneath the physical pain, we're looking for the mental cause. And that's our mental health work. That's what we do in a therapeutic process is keep diving and unraveling the onion until we're down to the bottom. Is my body literally saying mentally, emotionally, this hurts and you're not going to listen to those whispers or shouts. So I'm going to slap you physically and you got to go get some pain meds. So I don't feel this crap. Is, is that what happening or like, like literally is the body saying, give me something to not feel this. I don't know that the body is saying, give me something to not feel this, but I, I like the way you put it. If you think of someone who's run into a, a traumatic event, something that, something that is threatening to their their well being, which right. could be toxic boss or life and limb, yep. yeah, life and limb too. Uh, if they run into a, a, a traumatic event and they can't they can't handle it, well, then the nervous system they can't overcome it at the time is going to rewire. So next time you can't, or at least you stay away. And what better way than to avoid the world than to be depressed or anxious and stay at home to numb it out, get hurt. What and if you push it, what better way to catch your attention than to start having pain all over? So you go home and you get away from the, you know, there's no threats. So that that's teleologic thinking. That's that's sort of saying, well, what sort of survival advantage would this sort of system have? And we can make up that story. Have you proven it? Yeah. But, but certainly there's an advantage to bring the, and, and you, you did hit another point. The, the receptors for opioids are endogenous opioids, endorphins. Everyone's heard of them. And also cannabinoids, endocannabinoids. Those receptors are all over the threat, trauma, and emotion circuits and the memory circuits. The, the opioids do a lot more than just treat pain of a surgery, make you, make you less sensitive to pain, which they do. They also bind to circuits that are in the trauma circuits and in there, and they spin it down for you. So that would be why somebody who's been exposed to something traumatic um, – would say, yeah, opioids made me feel better, and that's legit, although dangerous because there are better ways of doing that, like EMDR, <laughs> you know, get at the root issue rather than cover it up with right. a band-aid. It's incredible. I, I'd like this talk to go on for a long, long time. I'd like to get a longer show in with you about this subject. Uh, and let, so so let's work on that. As, as we're wrapping around here to the end, um, I spoke a little bit about Sierra Tucson at the beginning, my opinions of it for, for adults 18 and up. Uh, this program is one of the top. Can you talk about Sierra Tucson, your experience? You said you've been there about two and a half years uh, working for them. They've been around for a long time, but talk a little bit about Sierra Tucson, your, the, the clients that uh, do very well there, et cetera. Let's, uh, let's, let's promote this amazing place you guys, you, you work at. Well, the, the best way to promote it is to explain why I came here and what my what my response was. When I came, I, I was reserving judgment because I'd never worked in a behavioral health facility like this, uh, I, straight up medical clinics with psychologists. But what I was doing was instead of trying to add behavioral health to the medical clinic, I said, well, let's try adding me, medical, to the behavioral health clinic. I came here to Sierra Tucson because I knew that they had a very, very strong trauma program. I knew I was looking for 
Um, one of my other jobs would have been um, building a program in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so, you know, I was looking, where can I go in the world where there's going to be attention to treating the root issues, the, the trauma and things like that, and not just covering things up. So, so I picked Sierra Tucson because I knew they had that. They Here, here Sierra Tucson treats uh, first responders, military trauma, and just people who have had uh, difficult situations situations in childhood, adult, a strong, strong trauma program, as well as addiction, uh, as well as mood disorders, depression, anxiety, and so on. So they, they kind of hit in those three. Perfect to have a, a pain program. And they actually had a pain program that had started and stopped. So I thought I would come and, and try that. What I found is that the combination of the therapeutic community, uh, this is what people always tell me when I do their exit interviews. I say, okay, if you like this, when they say this was great, I say, why? So what? I mean, what was so great about it? Right. Well, they'll say, and, and that's really, really what I should relate is they'll say being close to almost 24 hours a day, other people doing the same work healed me. Um, these are people who had been to outpatient programs, done a lot of therapy often, and uh, it hadn't quite done the job. So, it's, it's working with other people. You know, we're social animals and we can, we have the capacity to heal each other. The individual therapists and uh, psychiatrists and the physical people here, we have physical therapy, that kind of thing, keep people moving. They're all top notch. And also, you know, our, our, the people that I interview on the, on the way out will say that that really made a difference. The ability to process in the evening. We, they, they even have um, here, we even have what we call residential therapists who work with people after hours when sort of the stuff, the monster is sort of peeking his head up again, you know, they've had a hard day and they're like, holy smokes. And they're thinking it through and processing it and, and their stomach's hurting and they can't move, you know, like you were describing. What you're describing is the effect of, of a shocking thing. Well, that happens to people frequently here. And uh, and they have that after hours work they can do with people. Wow. How? So, go ahead. So that's really what I hear from people is the is the secret sauce. For what's helping them get better? How how do people find Sierra Tucson? How are they going to get in touch with you guys? There's a uh, you know the website SierraTucson.com, and I think they have a phone number eight hundred eight four two four four eight seven. That there's that phone number, uh, or they can just go on the website and get in touch. Perfect. Uh, I was actually also, uh, parents, I was on sierratucson.com slash about slash staff. Look at the staff they have. Look at, look at Bennett, uh, Dr. Dr. Bennett Davis's profile. Look at their staff. Look at the people they have. It's, it's quite impressive. Um, Doc, I was also seeing that, that Leela Chap. Chapman, uh, the, the marketing outreach person that I've been in contact with, uh, recommended that acesconnection.com uh, aces as a resource. That's the uh, ACES, the Adverse Childhood Experiences. Uh, okay, yeah, we've done... Go ahead. National organization, most states, many states have a chapter. Arizona has a chapter, for instance, uh, Colorado does. Acesconnection.com, you can find your local chapter. Though That actually has... That dedicated resources for family members. Yeah. That it's a phenomenal uh, again, phenomenal organization. Uh it's perfect. Uh Dr. Davis, thank you so much. This was a this was perfect and I do have in my notes to contact you guys to do a full full hour show. We need more of you. That'd be great. Thank you so much. I Thanks, Doc. It. Stay on the line as I sign everybody off if you would. So, here we are once again 
back to that place, uh, parents, that we find ourselves saying, okay, now I've got another understanding. I've got another tool. I've got another reason why my kid, my teen, my young adult has been acting like this, why they won't leave the house, why they're constantly in pain, why they feel uh, what is linked to trauma is incredible. It, the science that emerges, how trauma affects the brain, what can traumatize the brain. This is an, it's a very fluid understanding and it's constantly growing. And I think what Dr. Davis is really getting us to understand is that physical pain can be linked to that thing that hurt your kiddo, that hurt you. So that has to be dealt with too. It can't just be the emotional therapy. There can also be a physiological experience of change that takes place that creates that whole is in the holistic healing. It's not just about healing the body and healing the emotions and healing the mind. It's about all of them. So parents, as always, I'm going to remind you to take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, so that you can do the best work with your children. I want to thank Deepin Productions for the production of this podcast and for this incredible music that's underneath everything we're saying. I want to thank C4 Events for bringing me on to connect you as the parents to these incredible, incredible experts. I'll see you next week.